Greetings, fellow travelers. I have summoned you here from another world to do my bidding to save even more worlds. You all know how the shit works by now. You got hit by a truck or stabbed or found yourself untimely demised and got isekai'd. You know how this game works. You've been here before. But with that in mind, I have assembled my finest party today on today's challenging task. I am Andrew. And joining me here are Jet, Root, and Megan. I am perfectly prepared. I am 100% ready for this. Oh, wait, no, I have almost no notes. Oh, God. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> I slip in the shower once and I get sent to another world. They could have at least given me a towel. At the con I was at, somebody threw me their bag full of bad dragon products. It didn't act well. <laughs> God, it was just one uh, very large you dildo penetrated far and wide these three heroes that have challenged fate that all hail from the land of Grimgar I need all three of your strengths to take on today's dangerous task you said I fate I have horny, whoa, 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 horny whoa, whoa, fate charms do those count wait a minute <laughs> From Grimgar? I'm from California! I'm from Florida, which might as well be its own isekai land. Fucking, you know what? You're right. Can I really You're be right. isekai if I'm from Florida? And I'm from Jersey, which is just constantly surrounded by fog. <laughs> oh god, it's so, it's so icy today. <clears throat> it's full Anyways, I, I'm- it's, it's a mixture of Silent Hill, but with more chlamydia towards the shore. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even keep up I can't even keep up this act anymore. We're doing cautious hero. The hero is overpowered but overly cautious. I can't I was trying so hard, but fuck. Oh. Could, I'm could sorry. you say that you weren't being cautious enough? No, I was not. It's a Grimgar episode, everybody. Jesus Christ. Insert insert the fucking um Oh god. Oh god, what was the, what's the I don't know what I expected image from? Uh, Malcolm Arrested in the Middle. No, that was Arrested Development. With the dead, oh. Yeah, with the dead dove. Uh, no, the Malcolm Man, in the Middle. Man, Friends Season 3 is weird. Oh god. The Malcolm in the Middle one is basically just fucking, uh, it's where he's like, I expected nothing and I was still disappointed. That's what that one was. That's just Crunchyroll promoting their dubs. Uh... Oh, this, this has got to be a night, everybody. The disclaimer's there for a reason. <laughs> oh boy, I'm fucking ready. Hey guys, it's been a long time since all of us have been in a fucking podcast episode together. How the fuck you doing? Uh, we're like three of... months too early for we're like three months too early for absolute demonic front Babylonia. Oh boy, we are gonna have to do that eventually, aren't we? Yes, <laughs> yes, we are. Dick wizard, dick wizard. Okay. I'm so ready to talk about the dick wizard and the scratchy butthole man and his ex. <laughs> but that's a tale for another day. But what is today's tale of heroism? Question mark? Well, let's talk about... Heroicism, heroism isn't a word, just like Ibis? Oh, God. H heroics. Heroics. Um... Oh, God. Oh, did I actually fuck up the... Fuck, I did. Okay, shit. 
Here's the synopsis of Cautious Hero, as I can't braid right now. There's a popular saying, you can never be too careful. It is very important to prepare for every situation you may face, even if it seems like an unnecessary waste of time. Also in games like RPGs, it is good to exceed the level of your enemies to achieve total victory. These words describe Seiya Ryuguin a little too perfectly. After being summoned by the goddess Restarte to save the world of Gaia Brande from destruction, the hero prepares himself for his noble journey. While this might be normal, he spends a very long time training himself despite having overpowered stats. He fights weak enemies, using his strongest skills and buys excessive amounts of supplies and potions, all to stay safe. While his attitude may be a bit annoying, it might just be the saving grace of Gay Brande, especially considering that it is a world where the forces of evil dominate each and every expectation. And along the way, we'll meet grinding, fuck, <laughs> fucking with the town, hellfire, micro bikinis, BDSM, dragons, turning a girl into a sword, uh, bondage, bugs, and reverse fireworks. Uh, Don't forget the yandere. You can yeah. never forget the yandere. Uh, they, uh, yeah, it, it is a very weird brand of isekai because, like, half the time they're not even on that planet. <laughs> Let's put it like this. This is, in regards to what I do enjoy out of, like, my isekai shit... I enjoy goofier, stupider stuff kind of like this, or at least in the vein of this, because A, it's not taking itself too seriously, B, it's colorful and dumb and gets me a couple laughs, and C, no slave apologism. Yeah, uh, 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 yeah, uh, uh, yeah, there are definitely definitely some points in the early parts of this show that really kind of scratched my, it kind of scratched my itch for a good fantasy comedy that I haven't seen since, like, since, like, the early stuff of Slayers and, like, maybe Konosuba. Right. I'm not saying this is a perfect show. We'll no, get more it, into it, that it, later. It is, it is definitely not. But <laughs> in regards to what I want to watch when it comes to isekai shit, this is more in my wheelhouse. Just saying. But Hi, I'm Megan, and I think that the show is a 4 out of 10. Mm, wow, okay, interesting. I, 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 I mean... Okay. And that's me being graceful, gracious. Uh, okay, okay, that is like that is totally fair. I am also not of the opinion that Joe is perfect. <laughs> All right, but we'll get more into that. Oh, oh no, I don't even think that this show is very good. Mm. We'll get more into that in a bit. But as with any uh, anime dub that we discuss on the Dub Talk podcast. We will begin with our ADR director and scriptwriter. As this is technically an impressions episode, my question to you, fellow adventurers, you got any predictions or not? Nope. No. I actually do. Really? I'm the only one who does. Megan's the one that came prepared for our party. Thank you, oh gracious <laughs> oh, friend. Oh god, she's the only red shirt who brought a gun. <laughs> First of all, bold of you to assume that I'd fight with a gun. Second of all, I am a pole arms person, thank you very much. Sorry. Uh. I don't like to shoot, shoot. I like to stab, stab. And if I am going to use a ranged weapon, I am going to be an archer. Because remember, kids, the archer class is really is is really made up of archers. Yeah, yeah, the archer class is definitely made up of archers, and in this show's clay, and in this show's case, um, definitely has some uh, issues with penetration. 
Ooh. <laughs> so, so question: Would you? Would it's, you just strip? Excuse, excuse me. Excuse me. We all 100% know that Gil totally penetrated Kotomine, and we 100% know that UBW Archer totally 100% got some Rin pussy. I missed you, fucker. I'm just saying, at least two out of the three archers we've mentioned tonight could actually get some. <laughs> Megan, please. <laughs> Your predictions. Uh, I'm not sorry. Uh... So my predictions for director, uh, I had three, which were Jeremy Inman, Brittany Lauda, or Jerry Jewell. My predictions for writers, uh, knowing that this gentleman uh, had just actually been signed on to uh, become a full-time writer, I thought it was going to be Jared Green or Tyler Walker. Alrighty. Interesting, interesting. I will also kind of admit... I believe I did make predictions for this, but I have since misplaced them. I apologize about that. I've been working very... I've actually gotten a new job and been very busy lately. It's a little tricky to balance that stuff. But all I can say is thank you for, become, for becoming prepared. For becoming prepared. For coming prepared. Thank you for be. Thank you for coming prepared and thank you for becoming a corporate wage slave. Yeah, I'm a corporate drone! Woo! Ah, uh, but that's that's for another day. As for who is in fact working on this show, our main ADR director is one Jeremy Inman, with assistance from ADR directors Natalie Hoover and Tia Ballard, and the show is written by both Tyler Walker, and Y. Chang. Jeremy Inman has directed such animes as Hakata Tonkatsu Ramens, Isekai Quartet, Golden Kamoi, and Akashic Records of a Bastard Magical Instructor. Oh my god, these titles. God damn it. Uh, Natalie Hoover has worked on such anime as Konkale, Fuka, Chronos Ruler, and Alcana for Rhythm Across the Blue. Tia Ballard has directed such things as Chain Chronicle, Garo the Animation, Lord Marksman and Vanadis, and Kono Oto Tomare, Sounds of Life. As for Tyler Walker... Yeah, buddy! As for Tyler Walker, as what he has written, he has written on such shows as Isekai Quartet, Basilisk, The Oka Ninja Scrolls, Fairy Tale, and Dr. Stone. And Y. Chang has written on such projects as... I know Kusabi, Legend of the Galactic Hero, Denoi Tessa Second, and Hensky, are you willing to love her as long as she's a cutie? Oh balls. Oh balls. Oh balls indeed. Jet, would you like to start us off? Uh sure. Uh, so I haven't seen a lot of Jeremy Inman's solo ADR work, aside from stuff like Golden Kamui, but uh, what I have seen him in sounded fairly solid, and this is definitely no different. Uh, all the performances here sound pretty good for the most part, and I was never like exactly blown away by any of them. Uh, almost no one here sounded particularly miscast, and no one definitely sounded flat, so on that end, I think Jeremy did a really good job here. Uh, as far as the script goes, I'm uh, definitely a lot less positive. Uh, I thought the script for the first episode was pretty solid since it stuck uh, fairly tightly to the subtitle script for the most part, which was actually a little surprising for this kind of show. 
uh, given how Funimation usually tends to do their comedies. And while I expected it to like maybe be a little bit punchier, the bits they spice up felt appropriate, and it had a decent balance. I suppose to play the first episode specifically because after that it's scripted almost completely differently, and the change is not very subtle. Uh, there's a lot more modern slang, starky one-liners, and like literal dude bro dialogue. Uh, which I guess to be fair is kind of more part of the course for how Funimation does comedies. Uh, but having kept up with the Japanese version of the show and getting a decent head on what kind of comedy it was going for, I feel like the approach that Dub took would have only really worked in regards to one character specifically that we'll get to later, and spreading that across the whole dub and onto a certain other character kind of made the show less funny to me, and a little more obnoxious. I mean, I'll be honest in saying that Funimation's approach to comedy doesn't really always work for me anyway outside of like very specific shows. Uh, but as far as this one goes, I think it sounds fine, but as far as the script goes, I'm definitely not a fan. I'm largely going to agree with Jet on this one. Um, <clears throat> Jeremy Inman's direction is very solid. Um, casting is good. Um, as for the scripts, yeah, I'm going to be a little more lenient on them than jet is but i will agree that um the the move from episode two on to sort of uh punch up the scripts was kind of much very overpowering and um it kind of made say a a little in some points it helped kind of smooth out the sort of asshole tendencies of say as a character but in others it just intensified it to such a degree and in a show that well i'll get to more on how i felt about it in final thoughts i thought it was a very mean-spirited kind of comedy mm. um sometimes the scripts ended up kind of evening that out and making it like, not as noticeable, but in other times it just amplified everything. So, um, kind of a mixed bag here. Uh, definitely a lot of hilarious lines here and there, but overall, uh, might want to... You're a little more in the middle. Yeah, I'm a little more middle ground on it. There's definitely going to be some need for rewrites when it comes to time for home video. I want to preface this that when I watched the first episode of the sub I was a lot more willing to give it a shot like based off of like okay this was actually kind of funny in episode one like but as I went through the actual show like up to I think I went up to episode eight for this um this is not a show that I find really funny um like this reminds me a lot of Konosuba which is a show I don't actually like surprise I don't fucking like that show and I do like anime comedies. I just like them more on the more, like, I guess I would say I like them more on the more wholesome end. Like, or, or it's either I like them on more on the more the more wholesome end or, like, stuff like Shimonetta where I think it's, like, social comedy and satire. I just don't like kind of the middle ground between that. You're not a big um, fan of the, the always sunny asshole characters are assholes to each other, basically. I, d I am if it's done well and I don't think that the show is doing it well. Okay. Um, there's that. Uh, 
I think that the, the vocal direction is solid. I don't think this is the best thing I've heard from Jeremy Inman this year. I would say I think um, Copcraft potentially, like, as a vocal direction, not anything about the guy who made that series. But I think that was a little bit stronger vocal-wise to me. And I think Roommate Cat was a lot more stronger vocal-wise to me. Okay. Than this. Um, but to me, the real killer is the script from episode two onward. Um, there are times where it just is unnecessarily slangy. Uh, like, the biggest example I want to give is in episode two when, uh, Ristarte sees that the demon lord, uh, general, like, Chrono Knox or something, whatever the fuck her name is. Uh, Chaos Machina, um, I think. Chaos Machina is, uh, killing the, uh, killing the village, and in the Japanese, it's... She goes to to say it, and he's just like, I told you not to come in, like, I told you not to come in while, uh, until I call you. And then, like, the dub is like, don't you see I'm blasting my quads, bro? And I'm like, is this really the time for that? Hmm. Like, is this really the time for comedy? Like, are we doing this right now? Like, no, this is not the scene for this. Like, this is a scene that is actually trying to be a little bit more dramatic and not comedic. And I don't think that was appreciated. Like... There are a couple times, I think, like, I actually genuinely didn't laugh at a lot of the show or a lot of the script. And, like, I feel really bad to be so harsh to, to mostly Y Chang, who I actually did find there's his scripts for uh, the clips of Hensky that I watched pretty funny. Um, but here it just, it just makes Seiya a more mean-spirited character to me. And that's where a lot of my disenjoyment of the show came in, is that it makes Seiya sound like a dude bro. And I don't think that's Seiya's character. I think that Seiya is a bit more stoic and harsh, but he's not like a condescending dickhole mm. to me. Like, I don't think that, I, I just don't think that they got the care. I just don't think, it, it just really threw me off. I think that, like, some of the stuff with Ristarte is kind of funny. Like, her, like, euphemisms for, like, finding Seiya to be attractive are pretty funny. Mm. Um, the the only scene I think I got a literal general laugh at in terms of all the wordplay and stuff is in episode 8. Where um, they're trying to get away from the, go the goddess of archery. Who is going to fuck Seiya and get him sent back to Earth. Mm-hmm. Because she's just a horny bitch. Like, I thought that was, like, the funniest scene in the show, dub-wise. Um, I do think that potentially a little bit of my own distaste for the show is affecting the scripting of it. But when Jet had said in our, like, kind of group chat, like, he didn't like the scripts, I was like, okay. And then I heard it for myself, I was like, yeah. Because I do think that, like, this is a show that a lot of people I know who are watching the sub are just genuinely praising for being funny. And I don't see why you need to, like, amp up the comedy aspect of it to make it funnier when it's the script itself could be naturally, like, kind of funny. Um, so, like, I don't want to say this is, like, the worst dub I've heard of the year, but this is certainly more on the weaker end script-wise. Especially because there are other shows that have a mix of, like, comedy and drama that worked out a little bit better for me just not not my favorite production of the year understood okay i'll say that 
I think that the voice direction in this is pretty good. And I do enjoy a couple of these very comedic performances. Some of these are some comedic veterans. Some people are a little fresher-faced. It's a very interesting ensemble, so to speak. I think the script is actually, like, I'll say this. There are times I do agree it does get a bit much with some of the things that Seiya is saying. But there's a couple of things that, like, Restarte and some of the other gods and, like, characters around him that, like, say, have some funny quips. Like, Restarte has some of, like, my favorite little uh, quips in the show just because it's, like... She's a snarky goddess. I could buy her being this, like, chaotic, horny thing. But, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I don't mind it on her because that's, like, the character that I think we've had established for her. Uh, uh, but Saya is... Yeah, I'm gonna get more into that when we, like, actually talk about these two, but that, that kind of is a feeling I had. Yeah, I, I definitely say, like, some of the things Saya says. He, he gets a couple of laughs out of me, but there's definitely a lot of times where it's like, okay, that's a little much, though. I will definitely say... I did get a crack out of, like, times that he would just call him, like, mashed potato or something like that. Like, I don't I don't actually know if that was in sub or not, but just, uh, like... I'm, I'm pretty sure it was something close to that. Okay. But it's just something like that. Like, he, there's a couple of things that he does say that do get a, get a genuine laugh at me, out of me. Though there's a couple of times where it's like, okay, come at me, bros, a little much for this moment. But... I do genuinely get a couple of good laughs out of some things that are said. I'll go into some of the things that are said, but I will say I do get laughs anytime somebody uses some fancy words to insult Seiya because Seiya is an asshole. And I enjoy the fact that uh, at some point somebody says, you're going to eat those words, you emo-looking piece of diaper bait. And I'm like, look, maybe that's not appropriate. He fucking deserves that. Say it deserves to get shit on. Yeah, it. they use the they use the term diaper baby a lot. Yeah, and it's just a very strange thing to me. It's a strange phrase, but it's like you know yeah, what? I think okay, there was like maybe only one instance for me where that kind of worked, but every every other instance was like it, it's kind of much. Mm, fair enough. I th I can definitely say I'm a little mixed on the scripting too, but I genuinely do think it is pretty funny and colorful at times, and there's some very fun innuendo at times too, which I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of some any good innuendo. Like, another one I had written down was, I'm having a hard time getting it up. It's like, that's a problem a lot of guys have. Why don't you stop? Okay, that part got me to laugh, actually. Okay, there's a prop. That's a problem a lot of guys have. Why don't you stop beating on yourself and instead beat up on the monsters? It's like, you know what? It's not a perfect package, but you know what? Everything There's some stuff here and there that got me genuinely entertained and amused. So, it's a mixed bag, but I think there's some fun, colorful dialogue in there, too. And I think the voice direction and comedic performances on several people are genuinely very entertaining. And with that, I think it's time to move on to our first group of characters. This is a group of goddesses plus a warrior princess lady. This, uh, Adonella, Valkyrie, and Rosalie. Adonella is, she is a goddess of war who is basically, 
You ever look at pictures of Hexmaniac on the internet and think, boy, what if that was just an anime goddess? Boom, Adanella. Oh yeah, it is literally just that exact character design. And then there's Valkyrie. Valkyrie, who is... Oh god, I love fucking light novel bullshit. I look at her design, it's like, okay, she is a strong lady who can kick my ass and all she is wearing is just a chain mail bikini. Yeah, no, uh, I'd say, I'd say to watch her to step on you, but, uh, she's probably not into that, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, she, she, I get the impression she plays for the other team. Uh, yeah, you get the impression? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, by get the impression, I mean she is basically out in the ball game, basically, like, macking on chicks. Anyways, then there's Rosalie. Rosalie, who is a knight princess lady, who is the heir to the th- throne, who gets frustrated trying to uh, to fight the demon lord's men, and gets into a little bit of a skirmish with Saya. Reverse fireworks! That's putting it lightly. So, uh, I does anybody have predictions for these three at all? Uh, no. Nope. All right, that'll make this next part nice and simple. Playing the role of Adonella is Alexis Tipton. Playing the role of Valkyrie is Caitlin Barr. And playing the role of Rosalie is Madeline Morris. Alexis Tipton has played such characters as, oh god, how do I say this character's name? Lupus Regina Beta in Overlord. God, I fucking love light novel bullshit. Congo in Konkale. Alicia in Tales of Zexteria, The Cross. And Karumi Tokisaki from Data Live. Caitlin Barr has played such characters as Layla from Cheka the Coffin Princess. Yui Kirino from Demon Lord Retry. Maria Von Messina from Wise Man's Grandchild, and Natsumi from Data Live 3. Madeline Morris has played such characters as Aqua Aino from Love Tyrant, Mei Ayazuki from Meiji Tokyo Renka, Hotaru Hoshikawa from New Game, and Hibiki Sakura from How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift. Not very. I don't know how to lift dumbbells. It's been a while since I've been to the gym, Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, I, I go to the gym pretty frequently, but I don't with dumbbells, just just regular weights. I need to work on my back because I've been sitting at a desk for long periods of time now. Jet, you oh, and your swole fit ass, tell me. Tell me what your thoughts on these characters are. Uh, sure. Please never say the word swole fit ass again. Uh, yeah, seriously, remember, I only live like 20 minutes away from you. <laughs> what? He knows Don't you, you want live, me? Andrew. <laughs> he, d- he does. He, know- he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're no. awake. He knows Uh-oh. when you've been better, so put down the steak. You better watch out. 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 Jet is gonna beat your ass. My swole fit ass. All right, that's the game. We're done. We're done here. Okay. TLDR, Andrew's into pegging. Okay, so being serious for a second, real quick, I'll start with Rosalie because I don't have too too much to say because the character hasn't done a whole ton yet. 
Uh, so, uh, the character is obviously, you know, supposed to be, like, super serious, kind of hot-blooded and gung-ho, I think. And so, and I think Madeline got that across really well. She definitely made her sound, like, very, you know, like, very hot-headed and stubborn, and I, again, watching her kind of butt heads would say it was kind of interesting. I mean, uh, I'll admit I was, uh, definitely not a fan of the joke about her getting slapped. That was kind of weird, but... I mean, I did think, like, I did think the whole, like, dog growling noise thing was kind of amusing, but that whole sequence was kind of, like, very awkward. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, but for what she has so far, I think Madeline did a pretty decent job, and I don't have a whole ton to say about the character yet. Uh, Val uh, Valkyrie was, uh, Valkyrie was definitely a lot of fun. Uh, hasn't, uh, hasn't gotten to do, like, too, too much yet either. Well, she does get a pretty decent bit a little later on the subtrack, but we haven't gotten there yet. Uh, but, uh, for what we got so far, I thought, uh, I thought it was pretty fun. And yeah, I, I, I thought Kate was, I thought Kate would did a pretty good job so far making her sound, you know, very, you know, making her sound very gruff and butch without getting, without not, you know, getting too, too over the top of it. I thought it was, like, not super funny, but, uh, pretty amusing. And, uh, um, well, I'm definitely kind of looking I don't know if I'd say I'm like looking forward to it, but I but again she does get a pretty good bit in an upcoming episode, so I do hope she meant to make that sound pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um and then lastly, Alexis Tiff is uh Adanella. Uh that's like uh well Alexis Alexis Simpson is obviously, you know, not particularly shy to doing uh Moe characters, so this one was kind of interesting. Uh, mostly because of how the character starts out where she you know she has to sound like very yandere ish and that's and it is not like Alexis Simpson hasn't done that sort of thing before, but it definitely is a little bit more out of her particular wheelhouse. So seeing her pull up that kind of voice in the beginning was really fun, was kind of amusing. And, uh, and it was really kind of interesting the first time I saw the character, because you know after um, the whole thing with Cersei, that there was going to be some kind of weird punchline with her, but I didn't know exactly what it was building up to yet, so it just kept going and going, and it was like, Okay, she goes from being psycho yandere to cleaning herself up very quickly, and I thought that was pretty amusing. As I, and like, in a way, Alexis is so just from like the whole like creepy yandere laugh thing to just like cutesy boy was pretty funny. And uh, and I, like, and I know we got a pretty good kick out of that, and that especially half, and especially how she quickly reverted after saying rejected her. I thought that whole thing was pretty amusing. Um, so yeah, on a whole, all three of these performances sounded pretty good. I'm gonna be kind of honest here um i don't remember a thing about valkyrie other than the fact that she grabs her starte's ass at one point like that is literally all i remember of her character and that she is a in a chain bikini yeah that too honestly funny story i um the episode she debuted in i kind of wasn't paying attention for a little bit and I thought Adanella was the punchline to uh, say a meeting Valkyrie. I thought Adanella and Valkyrie mm. were the same character for a little bit, and then I rewatched I, it. I literally do. I literally do not think Otaku could handle those two characters fusing into one. Um. So apologies to Caitlin Barr. I just. If she gets more, she hasn't to, had much to do yeah, yet. She doesn't get. If she gets more to do, I'll probably have a little more to say and maybe like have a little ad- it, addendum it, I can add 
when the episode comes out because it'll probably. I also, I also admit I was not sure how much the archery goddess was going to be come to play. So if you wish to discuss her in her in this place too, she is actually played by one Samantha Herrick. I will say quickly. Okay. Yeah, because I I do actually kind of want to bring her up because she's one of the funniest parts of the show. Mm. Like the the horny archery goddess. And the, and the whole thing with the vines that Saya has to shoot down, that that was great. But, um... Uh, Alexis tipped in as Adnella. She got the Yandere thing down really good. And... And switched it up to the cutesy Moe character really well. Great dynamics and a great performance. Um... Guess that means I have to get to Rosalie now and that whole thing. Um, yeah, it was kind of weird that they made an entire joke around Saya slapping her. Like, really kind of... weird. Um, I do like sort of the the mad dog noises she gets to make whenever she's around Saya. It, like, that's great. She has a nice stoicism to the character. Like, the performance is good, but the circumstances around the character are just... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Caitlin. I don't remember anything about Valkyrie. Wait. Other than that, she she. Okay, I think she does like the sexy, angry, seductress voice. That's that's all I know. And the other thing I know is that she uh, literally tells, um, Ada, the seal goddess, that she wants to touch her titties. She does say that. Yes, which like. She's like, yeah, like, just, I'll, I'll, you, you gotta let me touch your titties. Uh, Madeline as Rosalie was, uh, actually quite entertaining. I think that that character has, like, aside from the weird slapping segment, where they're just like, okay, well, like, even the Restarte and, uh, Mash and Oodaloo are like, what the fuck? Like, they're just all kind of like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, I think that she does have an interesting character. It's just a shame that it's kind of fucking wasted on this show. Mm. Um, uh, I think Madeline does a good job. I think the dog growling noises are great. Um, it's not something that I would have expected out of her. Uh, and then Alexis as, uh, Hex Maniac. I mean, Yandere Simulator. I mean, um, uh, Adelina. Um, I actually thought that was Trina Nishimura for a minute. Really? Okay. Um, I was just like, I just heard Jet dying in the background. Death comes Jet's to just all. Like fucking Jet's just fucking dying in the back. Um, I just thought that, that she was, uh, I thought she was funny. I thought the way that she did the cutesy voice was really cute. Like when, uh. When she's like, Saya, I came to see you off and I want to join your party and I made you a cake and she's doing the cutesy Moe voice and he's like, cake is shit, I don't want this, go away. And then she just starts screaming like a maniac in the background. And starts destroying shit, it's like, oh my god. Destroying things. And say, and, and Restarta's like, come on kids, let's go. It's like getting your kids out of the Taco Bell as it burns to the ground <laughs> in the apocalypse. <laughs> Rista is a good is a good. What do you mean we're out of quesaritos? 
What do you mean they're not selling the McRib? I wasn't sure where you're going with this, but I wasn't expecting- I don't know why the fuck- Why do you want a McRib at the Taco Bell? That's like going to the- That's like going to the Dairy Queen and asking for a double shot of latte. Megan, did you just turn the psycho yandere goddess into a fucking Karen in this scenario? <laughs> Maybe. Beautiful. What's what? Adelante, Adel, Adelina wants to speak to the manager. <laughs> What's what about why Saya doesn't love her? I will say this: as somebody who used to work retail, in if I had to choose between dealing a with a psycho yandere love-struck lady or a Karen, I think I'd take I take my chances with the yandere. I'd take my chances. Yeah, because at least the. Yeah, because at least the Yandere Hex Maniac, you have a chance of getting a tit job out of that. (laughs) 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 Or would you like to take a ride on Karen's minivan? Uh... Oh, no! Okay, Megan, I was talking to know that made me feel gross. And I hate you. Oh, I feel so <laughs> gross. Fuck. The ride on Karen's minivan. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry at all. Andrew, take a deep breath. Remember that you are alive. There's going to be an action figure that goes up somebody's butt in that scenario. Just oh, like it's some like kid's Jackass toy. toy car. <gasps> oh, no. Fuck. Oh no! So that's where Timmy's matchbox went! Oh! Oh, this is. Oh. The Hestrux! The Hestrux back in it's better than ever for Christmas! This year, it's falling into your rear! <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I am so sorry to anybody who watched this episode! But Alexis does a great job. She's probably the standout of these three. And I forever ruined ass trucks for everybody. (laughs) (sighs) Andrew, you can go. I'm done. I've done the damage I've needed to. Valkyrie. uh, Caitlin Barr. She is very cool, gruff, buff, lesbian, chain keeny. She's cool. She could kick my ass. Um... Madeline as the as the night princess is great, and I will say that Madeline Morris is phenomenal in comedies as like these sort of sundere t- tomboy type characters. She is really great, really funny. She's had a fantastic year as far as good comedy roles are concerned. Like legitimately, she's super fucking funny and truly deserves all the props she is getting. I also do love those little dog growly noises she does. I will just say, I don't know if the show recognized that 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 scene felt uncomfortable. I almost think they did because you're right. Ristarte, Mash, and Ululu are just kind of like, oh, this is this feels <coughs> weird. It's like. It feels like a lot of the jokes, like, some of those jokes are kind of, like, mean-spirited, but it's, like, most of them don't typically feel, like, uncomfortably awkward. 
That one genuinely felt like, oh, oh, I, I feel, I feel bad watching this right now. It's like, that's a weird feeling for your, like, comedy show? It's like, I don't know. It, it's a weird thing. But I think Madeline does a great job with Rosalie. I will also mention uh, the, as of course, the archery goddess who is very horny on maid. Good, good. For- and she's a, her performance is a riot. She's shooting straight for that Saya sword handle. <laughs> and Samantha Her- She would like she would she would very she would very, very much like for Saya to sheath his sword in her. Something something sex metaphor weapons weapons. Samantha Herrick did a good job. Um so yes, Madeline so did good, you Caitlin. say that she hopes to be Saya the bone of Saya's sword. <laughs> I love you. I love you so much. This is why we're dating. Uh, unli- unlimited, unlimited boner works. <laughs> unlimited bondage works. God damn it. Okay. Bondage 101. Always make sure you can get out of your own restraints. <laughs> I am and the bone of my sword. Bondage rule number two. <laughs> bone. All right, I'm killing. Bo- bondage rule number two. Put away the Hess truck. <laughs> I'm kill. I'm killing. So would the Hess truck just like drive all over the titties or something in this scenario? Where does the Hess truck just go over the entire body? Like, is the Hess truck? I mean, I was saying a Hess truck was. Uh, Oh God! Please do not actually shove a Hess truck up your uh, ass. I just remembered how big they are. Okay, so that sounds like something quitters would say, Megan. That sounds like something quitters. My current itinerary: uh, take out Andrew, then hop a, then hop a quick flight to Florida. Anyways, I'm killing time for the real conversation of this section. Uh, Adanella, Alexis Tipton as Adanella. She is this crazy psycho, like, batshit freakazoid. And she is so, so funny. Alexis does this great, like, hex maniac psycho lady down great. And she sounds very gross and creepy. But also super duper cute when she cleans up and wants to make herself look really nice for Saya And make herself present. And she made a cake. To which, how do you know Saya's an asshole when he's like, man, cakes are gross. It's like, yeah, you're a piece of shit, Saya. You're like, cakes are gross. But then she goes psycho again and crazy, and it's so funny. But I also love that scene where Saya's just like, hey, girl, you're looking good. It's like, wait, no, stop. Don't come any closer. That's not going to work. I I forgive you. And it's like, oh, my God. She she totally bought it hook, line, sinker. And then it goes straight up shoujo manga for a second between the two. And it's like, okay, you know what? That's a pretty good gag, and I enjoyed it. Adan- Alexis is so funny as Adanella. I very much enjoyed it. And, yes, hex maniac crazy psycho battle goddess is a ton of fun and pretty alluring. So... Now that we've moved... Uh, Andrew, I'd just like to point out that your girlfriend doesn't know what a Hess truck is. Oh my god, why are you telling her these things? <laughs> I just told her she should buy you a Hess truck for Christmas. Oh, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> We're now moving on to our next batch of uh, gods and goddesses. 
Uh, we are discussing Ishtar, Circeus, and Ariadoa. Ishtar is a very old, helpful lady lady, and she does cool and makes portals sometimes. Circeus is a battle is a battle god who is good at fighting and combat, except when it comes to dealing with psychomaniacs like Saya. And Ariadoa is a Ariadoa is a gilf. She is a goddess. I'd like to follow her worship. I'd like to point out, by the way, that uh, this isn't actually uh, Ishtar. This girl doesn't look like Rin at all. All right. Yes, that is also Ishtar. This is the fake group, too, anyways. Uh, but yes, uh, Ishtar, Circeus, and Ariadoa. Did we have predictions for these characters, Megan? I have just a prediction for Ariadoa. Uh, which I had Sarah Ragsdale or Monica Rial. Interesting choices. Alrighty. I also did did this based off of names, and I didn't know what the characters looked like, so... It was hard to find them from episode one, so I get you. Alright, so... Going into who plays these characters. Ishtar is played by Jessica Kavanaugh. Circeus is played by Chris Rager. And Arya Doa is played by Marissa Lenti. Jessica Kavanaugh has played such characters as Aquarius in Fairy Tale, Curly Dadan from One Piece, Sayuri Iki from Noragami, and Mo- Moika Kiryu from Steins Gate. Chris Rager has played such characters as Veldora Tempest in That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime, Kaiser Lidfard from Rage of Bahamut Genesis. Arya from Fairy Tale and Favro and Arlong from One Piece. Favreau. Did he talk about sexy space Smurf Hitler? He's also sexy space Hitler. Uh, Albert Dessler from uh, the Space Battleship Yamato series. Marissa Lenti has played such characters as Libra from Fairy Tale, Kohaku from In Another World with My Smartphone. Celestine Baudelaire from How Not to Summon a Demon Lord and Yuzu Roromori from The Ones Within. Jet, would you like to go while I have to explain to my girlfriend what a fucking Hess truck is because <laughs> Megan can't keep her fucking mouth nut? Okay. Alright, uh, so starting with uh, Jessica Kavanaugh as Ishtar. Uh, don't have a whole ton to say here because uh, Ishtar hasn't done a whole much, hasn't done a whole ton of stuff in the dub, in the dub yet. Uh, I think Jessica does a, you know, really good job of making her sound, you know, very level-headed and seasoned. As, as, I, uh, as, I, as, as someone who, I guess, uh, you know, clearly knows how to manage things, but is also, you know, just very, uh, you know, it's very calm, polite, and reasonable. And uh, she, uh, she seems like she's pretty good people, even though she has to deal with a lot of these, like, really crazy goddesses. And, uh, and again, I wish the character had... Had like a little more to do, but so far I think Jessica's done a pretty good job with her. As I, uh, our, uh, Lenti as Aridor has been, has also been, uh, pretty interesting. I thought this character would have had like a little more to do by now, but, uh, so far she's just, you know, uh, she's just kind of been in the corner being like, you know, restarting his confidant of sorts, and I think Marissa's done a, you know, really good job of making her sound, you know, very, you know, very polite and reasonable and kind of, Yes, you know, kind of like a good forward to restart a who's just, you know, kind of like spastic all the time. She, she's <laughs> the mom friend. Yeah. A, she yeah, has like, candy. She has literal candy that she gives to Ululu. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, like, 
I mean, yeah, the way she interacts with Sam in particular kind of makes me think she's hiding something, but we haven't learned exactly what that is yet. Uh, but so, uh, but for like for right now, I think Marissa is uh, definitely doing a pretty good job here. Uh, Chris Rigger and Cersius has uh, definitely been a lot of fun because, like, even when I first like heard, heard the character to subject, I was like, yeah, this is definitely a very Chris Rigger character. Yeah, uh, yeah, he is uh, he is very big and buff, and like when he's introduced, he like. You know, he presents himself as, you know, being this very tough seasoned warrior. And then he meets Saya, he hangs around him for a couple of days, and he's like, oh yeah, you know, this kid, he's got a lot of potential, I really like him. A couple of days later, he's like, eh, I'm like, eh, this, this kid, uh, he, he's pretty good, but he might be a full handful. And then by like day five, he's like sitting in a corner terrified, and Chris Rigger really sells that. Like, uh, like, there was a DJ about stuff in this show that, like, really made me, like, laugh out loud, but that whole sequence was definitely really funny. And, like, and Chris Rucker did a really good job of selling that. And especially in a lot of the, like, later interactions where we see the character again, and he's just, like, completely giving up on fighting, and he's just, like, baking now. And the second he hears say his name, he's like, oh, wait, no, he's back. <laughs> and, uh, Chris Please <laughs> take this fuck away from me. <laughs> Yeah, Chris Rigger did a really great job with that. I wish to die. So, uh, so, uh, yeah. All three of these were, re- uh, were pretty good. Uh, Chris Rigger was definitely need stand out for me in this section, and, uh, yeah, I'm done. I really don't have a lot to say on, um, Ishtar or Ariadoa yet, because, um, like, they show up a lot, and they have a role to play in the overarching show, but for right now, um, like, Ishtar is just somebody somewhat in charge of the gods who bends the rules to help out and uh Ariadoa is just a confidant who sometimes ropes in people to help with uh with the quest to uh, to save this world that is a high level threat um but for the time being I do want to um put some emphasis on um Cerseus, played by Chris Rager. Because I love... He's another one of the actually works parts of the show. Because he's this big tough guy who is... The the joke in, in the show is he's this big tough guy and then... But when he was a mortal, because he's one of the rare cases of a mortal who became a god... Um, he was very weak-willed, and training Seiya brought that out of him, and he's, and like Jet said, he basically just goes and bakes because he doesn't want to fight Seiya anymore, he's been demoralized so much. And I think his interactions with Seiya, up until, like, Restarte comes in on him actually, like, on top of him beating him up. Which I thought that was a bridge too far, but anyway, um, like I think that comedy dynamic worked really well. Um, so, again, I really don't have much to say here, so I'm gonna pass it on to Megan. I'm being interrogated by stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you did it to yourself. About, I did do it to myself. I'm so sorry. I'm not. So- I'm actually not sorry. Because I just, I can now ruin, I just keep ruining things for people and I'm kind of proud of myself. Um, let's start with Ishtar. I think that Jessica Kavanaugh does uh, a really 
good, like, kind of older grandma voice. Because when I was expecting, like, the god Ishtar, I'm not gonna lie, I expected, like, somebody in with, like, ho giant honking titties and, a, like, a micro-bikini. Um. But I was like, oh, it's like an actual old lady. So I, I genuinely thought she did a good job there. Um, Aria Doe is interesting because... Like, I like that Mar the way that Marissa plays her, and I do like the attention to detail in the writing where she talks to Saya differently, and, like, they even bring, like, attention to that. Like, I like her- I like her soothing mom voice. Um, fun fact, I actually do know certain spoilers about this show because I do not plan on finishing it. I don't genuinely like the show, so I looked up certain things and I'm like, okay, I can see why they're doing that. Um, I'm not gonna say what they are, but- there's that. I think Marissa does a really good job. It's- I think it shows off her range because I also just recorded uh, Kimono Friends and Aria Dola sounds so much different from Wolf. Like, I- you could easily mistake it as two different actresses. Um, so really good job there. And then Chris Rager as Cerceus is a lot of fun. Just the part where Restarte is going to get some Nori- get, get some Nori from my balls- um, and he's just like, can't do this anymore. And he's just like hiding. I think Restarte does have a really good line of dialogue. It's like, uh, burly on the outside, fragile as a flower on the inside. Mm -hmm. And I think that Chris Rager walks that, walks that line like really well. And I think he's just genuinely very funny. Uh, especially like when he's trying, when he throws his sword into the water and he's like, no, I can't do this anymore. Uh, he basically sounds like Andrew after I make bad sex oh, jokes. God. Fucking. Um. So yeah, I I thought well done on the three of them. Uh, also, I am just staring my Maquia poster down, and I feel dirty. <laughs> I'm sorry, Maquia. I keep saying awful things in front of you. Maquia says no more Hess trucks for you, young lady. <laughs> the Hess trucks are gone, and it's worse than ever. <laughs> I came back at the right time. <laughs> no anal beads this year. The Hestrucks aren't here. <laughs> Damn it, guess I got a downgrade to Hot Wheels. <laughs> no, no. You got You ain't, you ain't, no, no you ain't showing your girl a good time unless you're going tech deck on her. <laughs> Okay, is it bad that I'm imagining? <laughs> no, the Dub Talk po no, the no, the Dub Talk podcast does not encourage you to stick toy cars up your bottom. Please, <laughs> please do not do that. <laughs> For the love of God, do not stick toy cars or S trucks up your the ass. The Dub Talk podcast we is not responsible not for any possible. and all toy vehicles that are shoved inside of your anus. Please. please do not end up on what the fuck is wrong with you, but if you do, please at least put a condom on it. Um. Uh, is that- wait, 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 hang on. Hang on. I, I know where you're getting at with this, but in my mind, I'm just thinking, is that how cars are born in the Cars universe? <laughs> Ka-chow, I say as I come into your sweet, tight tail. <laughs> Are hot, are hot Wheels the condoms of the car universe? For all of, all of you who 
whoever watched the Centaur's Life episode, you're welcome. <laughs> Jet's just like, I hate all of you. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening anymore. I'm so sorry. <sighs> okay, I need to catch my breath. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck you. I was done. Oh, from Steph. So question, are you into the whole toy cars in, your, in the ass thing? Then, like, damn, those are some hot wheels no. to enjoy there. No. <laughs> Tonight on the Roast of Andrew. Jessica Kavanaugh as Ishtar is very good. She's very maternal-like and very chill grandma lady, and she's good, and I wish she gets more screen time. Sir, uh, Chris Rager as Circeus is absolutely hilarious. She, He is extremely entertaining. I love watching him interact with Restarte and just watching him be this cool, tough, burly buff guy, kind of freak the fuck out and realize, oh no, you got a fucking maniac. I can't even look at this sword anymore. This is ridiculous. He just wants to keep going. I'm just going to retire and become a baker. And then he starts trading mash. He's like, oh, you're fucking normal. Cool. I like you. I like you, kid. And Chris Rager just does this really good job being this burly, gruff, tough guy. And then you watch him freak the fuck out and be really scared. And it's, like, actually very amusing and entertaining. I lo I really love the part where he just tosses the sword. It's like, I can't even look at this anymore. It's like, Chris Rager does great. Marissa Lenti is really good at playing, like, chill, maternal, like, motherly characters. Like, she this one isn't, like, particularly, like, sultry. This is actually a lot... Like, because she does deeper or sultrier characters, but this is a lot more in her lighter, sweeter tone of voice. And she sounds really sweet and calm and really actually... I'd pray to her altar if you know what I'm saying. But up up but up up She doesn't accept Hot Wheels as a, as a form of payment. You could run an entire track of Hot Wheels all over those babies. God damn it. Stop. <laughs> Jet's like, Jet's like every day this group gets <laughs> okay, further from actually, God's Okay, going, going in regards to this character and something that they say, I really love this line of dialogue in the script as well as like Marissa's as delivery. When she first sees Saya for the first time and she breaks the, the teapot where her only reaction is just to stare and she, she just says very quietly, he's fine. I mean, I mean, I'm fine. And I'm like, okay. Okay, I actually really like that delivery and that line a lot. That was pretty funny. I'm like, but no, she's pretty soft-spoken and very supportive and cute. And she's the mom friend and she's very, very, I would pray to her and not fear for my life. She is very, and yeah, she got some good honkers. Anyways, uh, Marissa Lenti does a very, very good job playing the soft-spoken mom friend goddess, uh, Arya Dota. Let's move on to our, okay. This is a section Megan's going to be excited to talk about because we're talking about Dragon Kid. I love dragon people. We are talking about these two young adventurers that are tasked with joining Seiya's party. Mash and Ululu or Ilulu or Alulu or I can't say her name right. Ilulu. Alulu. Lalelulelu. 
Mash is, he can transform into a dragon, and Ilulu looks like she'd be in a magical girl show. Um, they are young, precious children who I love them, and I want nice things for them, and I want them to do more than be just bag boy and girl. They deserve better. Uh, do you have predictions for Mash and Ululu? I do, actually. For one, I, I predict for them to be happy far, far mm. away from Seiya. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Like, they, like their introduction is kind of the point where these shows comedy, like, really wants me. It ducked them way too hard. Yeah. Uh, for MASH, I had Austin Tyndall or Josh Greeley. And for Ururu, I had Jill Harris or Kimberly Grace. I also, I also predict for them to get a restraining order to get far the fuck away from Seiya. That would be a good prediction. Uh, playing Mash and Ululu, uh, Mash is played by Chris Thurman, and Ululu is played by Sarah Wiedenheff. Chris Thurman has played such characters as Lone Vermilion from Overlord 3, Daiki Kurosawa from King's Game the Animation, Nakai from Teasing Master Takagi-san, and Willow the Wisp from The Ancient Magus Bride. Sarah Wiedenheff has played such characters as Kuno from High School DxD Hero, Olga from Chain Chronicle, Alice from That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime, and, because this is a Grimgar episode, Shihoru from Grimgar Ashes and Illusions. Jet? Okay, uh, so not really familiar with Chris Thurman at all, but I thought he did a pretty, I thought he did a pretty good job here as Mash. I will, like, I will be at the beginning, I thought his voice sounded like maybe a little deep for the character design, but, uh, he definitely adjusted very quickly, and I thought, like, I, I thought his, I thought his line delivery was pretty good, he definitely had the right amount of enthusiasm for this character. Yeah, you know, like, in the beginning, he, you know, he sounds, you know, very energetic and kind of, you know, a little, a little antagonistic sort of thing, and then, you know, quickly turns around and becomes... And, you know, wants to be his apprentice and all that. And I thought uh, Chris did a pretty good job of handling that transition. And, like, and, what, like, and while he doesn't get, like, a too, too many, like, really funny moments, I was, like, I did, I did kind of like that bit where he, like, where he, like, first goes back to the Divide Realm and he's kind of trading on a Cerseus and he's talking, was, uh, like, and he's kind of, like, talking or starting to lies about, like, what it's been like, like, working on his hand, saying the whole bit where... He's just kind of explaining how Say has been training him and saying, and he just repeats the line like, "I don't trust anyone, not even you." <laughs> like in Ritsar, he's just like, "Oh, you poor sweet dumb child." <laughs> trust no one, not even yourself. Oh yeah, picture. Yeah. I actually love when he starts imitating Saya, and it's just like, "Oh God, he has corrupted another one." No. Yeah. No. No. All I know is. No. no. <laughs> I just love the trust no one, not even yourself, that someone drew of like a uh, regular Gil and Castor Gil and Kid Gil behind him uh, with the guns. Uh, that's good. Okay. Uh, oh, that's good. Okay. Uh, then moving on to Sarah, we didn't have his uh, Elulu. Uh, this is a very you know very typical Sarah we didn't have role, which is definitely not a bad thing. She's definitely very. Uh, she's definitely very. She's definitely very good at playing the whole at playing QT boy characters that she. Uh, she definitely does that very well with Edelouf. You know, she makes her sound, you know, makes her sound very, uh, makes her sound very cute and energetic. And you know, you just want very good things for her. And um, I also like that she that she gets to be a little smart, snarky every now and then, especially towards Mash, where 
That's, I like a lot of her reactions toward seeing some of Bash's transformations where, like, he gets the really cool dragon head. And, so, and, she's, just, and she's just like, yeah, it's cool, but, like, when it's attached to the rest of your body, it just looks creepy. Like, and then that whole bit where she, like, learns support magic and then she just, like, uses it to screw around him. Like, making him talk really slowly and then he tries to grab her and she just makes him talk really fast. I thought that whole bit was pretty funny. Was that like I do? I do wish he had like a little more to do because I feel like the show, about the show, like the show dunks on both her and Mass for no real reason, but it kind of dunks on her a little more, especially, and I don't really get why, and it's kind of annoying. Uh, but for the few like really good bits they do get, I think Mass and Elulu were fun characters. I, I wish they were treated better, but uh, Chris, but Chris and Sarah are definitely doing a good job here. Yeah, so I largely agree with Jet. Um, Mash and Ilulu are probably the best part of the show until they start getting dunked on because it's constant. Like they get they get taken here and there in order to gain new powers and experiences, and it's just. I think the thing that epitomizes it the most is, I think at the end of episode 8, after, um, after Mash gains the, the Dragon Lens and Elulu gains support magic, um, Saya tells him, oh yeah, you're gonna be useful here in a sec, and they're all happy. Um, and then he's just like, yeah, cast, Elulu cast haste on Mash. Mash, collect all these fly corpses for me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was that one especially was like, come on, throw them a bone. Mm-hmm. Throw them a bone, you fuck. Like, I want to think that the end of the show is going to have them do something really cool, but I, I don't trust the humor of the show to let them do that. But um. Mash is a great spunky hero that, were he the protagonist in any other show, he would, he would be one of my favorite performances of it. And Elulu is sweet, has a playful, sarcastic side to her, and it's, they have a great dynamic with the rest of the characters of the show, except Saya. I think it. I think I enjoy them more when they're making fun of Saya than I do with them with them interacting with Saya. Uh, yeah, oh much. yeah. Uh, but Megan, I'm all set if you want to go. So, I, I love dragon characters. I love dragonborns. I love dragonkins. I love dragon moots. They're some of my favorite designs. Uh, so, Mash and Ululu were made for me, and Chris and Sarah's performances are, like, cute. Uh, Chris is not an actor I'm super, super familiar with, so I think that he's doing, uh, he makes Mash a lot of fun. Um, I thought that he was very convincing in the scene, like, where Mash gets kidnapped and nearly killed. Um, and especially when Ulu gets her kind of big arc where she's gonna, like, sacrifice herself to be a sword. Uh, and then Sarah's Ulu is, I think, the one I, I really like. It really stands out for me. I think that she's really cute and really sweet, and it's a performance that we get from Sarah, uh, a lot. But I think she brings a lot of heart to it, especially when, like, okay, so it killed me when she looks to Saya and says, Hey, Saya, uh, make sure you polish me a lot when I'm a sword. I don't want to rust and uh, be useless to you. Um, and I thought, like, there's kind of a sweet scene where Saya saves her and goes, she's not scum. Scum can't carry the bags. Like, 
I get that that scene's kind of trying to be sweet, but I, I'm also in the camp of, like, please stop dunking on these characters. It's not fucking funny anymore. And, like, even the way that the performances go, like, I personally kind of feel like you can hear how exasperated they are, like, with this. And I 100% believe that the end of episode 8 is just such a dick fucking move. Like, just come on, show. Let them have one win. But I think uh, Chris and Sarah do a really, really great job with uh, their performances. I will say, of the two, I think Chris was the one I had a little bit of a harder time getting adjusted to just because I'm less familiar with how he, in particular, sounds. Um... I, I, he sounded a little, I think a little bit older than I was expecting, or at least thought the character looked. But the further he goes along, he actually fits the character pretty nicely. He's got a little bit of, like, he's got a bit of snark. He's got a little bit of sass to him. He's got a bit of bite. But he does eventually get a little more on the Saya train, technically. But then it becomes clear, oh no, you're... Because you're so close to him, you know all of his weird quirks where he starts making fun of him and he's just like... You don't even trust your family and your friends because they're the ones that are most likely to stab you in the back. And it's like, yeah, that sounds like Saya, all right. And Also, shout uh, out for doing a really good impression of Saya's actor. Oh, yeah, no, he actually does a pretty spot-on impression of Saya's actor, who we're going to cover in a second. Um, which, yeah, no, Chris, he's a fresher face, but he's got some chops in there, and he's pretty funny at times, too. And Sarah Wiedenhef is no stranger to this podcast. She can sound really cute, and she can also be really funny. Like, there's there's something about... There's a thing that she says to Saya when he, I, I think he's looking down on her, where she just exclaims at some point, and the, the, her delivery of it kills me. Ugh! Rude! Just the way she says that just cracked me up. And Also, I'll say this. I, I know we had discourse about the the matter of the the dub dialogue before, but I will say this: I got a genuine crack at what he's talking about, where they're from. He's like, "I'm from Mak Makoshi," and say it just says sounds like a Krakoshi. I'm like, "Okay, you know what? That one got a laugh out of me too. That one gave me a good good chuckle too. Mean, but I got a hearty, ch I got a sensible chuckle out of it." Uh, and Ululu, yeah, I actually was, I'm not sure what the goal of the show is, but it did give Ululu and the Dragonkins, like, a decent arc, which was kind of emotional at times, and she's like, oh no, she's cute, and I don't want bad things to happen to her, and I do like these characters, I'll say this, because we, we compared it to Konosuba before, and it called it kind of like an it's always sunny kind of thing, I'll say this, what I feel makes Konosuba work better is that all these characters are kind of, one way or another, asshole weirdos. Like, all four of them are just kind of weirdo assholes. And they dish it out to each other. And they dish it out to each other kind of evenly, where it's like, Kazuma will make fun of Aqua, Aqua will make fun of Megami, Megami, Darkness, vice versa. Like, they all kind of take pot shots at each other, and they're all kind of deserved, and it's like, there's like a balance of people being assholes to each other. And that's the same deal with It's Always Sunny. Yeah. There's no balance to the people, to, it's all Saya. And like, 
Mash and Ululu do not deserve to be dunked on. Like, you can tease them. They don't deserve the ridicule. Like, they don't deserve it at all. The balance and dichotomy of the meanness when it comes to these precious Cinnabons is so unfair. And I think that's kind of why the the mean aspect of this does not work as well compared to, like, some something else like Konosuba. Because I was trying to figure it out myself, too. And I, I think that's what it is. Like, in Konosuba, it's much more evenly balanced and, like, even level playing field. This, it feels like they can't really defend themselves. Yeah, so, uh, and, yeah, yeah, and it does kind of, like, again, I kind of alluded to it before when I said, like, the introduction of these two was where the show's comedy kind of lost me. Because I feel like up to that point, the show actually did have a pretty good balance with how rude the characters were to each other between Sam and Ristarde. And then with these two, it was like, okay, like, yeah, they can't really fight back against him, so it doesn't really work anymore. Okay, yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, no, I think Chris and Sarah do a pretty good job. Uh, I think they do very good jobs. They make me laugh at times. These characters deserve great. They deserve all of the candy from uh, Ariadoa. They deserve all the candies. And now we are going into our... Our cautious hero, as well as his goddess companion. This is where we cover uh, the goddess Ristarte, other, otherwise known as Rista, and Seiya Ryuguin. That's a cool name, by the way. Like, I'll, I'll credit where it's due. That's a cool fucking name. Uh, Ristarte is a goddess who is tasked with the, with the job of assigning heroes to worlds to save those worlds. To where she makes a quip about, yeah, the Japanese seem to take on to this whole trend pretty quickly because there's a lot of stories about this shit. And Seiya is just a guy who summoned who's a bit of... Okay, he is the New Game Plus summon. He is a New Game Plus where he has done this before, he gets how the shit works... He kind of doesn't really give a shit about the semantics or the characters and all that. He's just like, okay, here's my quest. Let me do my things I got to do. Da, 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 da. Got to grind to shit. And town saved. We got it. We're good. Okay, bye, fuckers. So, Megan, who did you have predicted for these two characters? Uh, I predict that Seiya goes to jail because he's a dickbag. Um, <laughs> no, uh, for Seiya... I had Brandon McGinnis, Br- Dave Matrenga, or Jared Green. For Restarte, I had Sarah Wiedenkaff or Brittany Lauda. Lauda, huh. Lauda? Uh, Lauda, I Lada. think. I'm so Lada. sorry I keep pro- fucking up how to pronounce your name. <laughs> Let's face it. Let's face it. There, We do our best. We're not always the best when it comes to some of it. And some, some of your names are hard. Also, uh, our fr- our good friend Jiro Mom just said that Homestar Runner is a himbo. <laughs> Say is you... not a himbo. He's an asshole. Let's fit. Look, Saya is hot, but you then realize what he's got is. Yeah. I was gonna say not a lot. I was gonna say yeah, no. I would, he, I would one hundred percent rather see a show where Restarte just runs around the fantasy world with Gallo from Promare. 
That would be fun. <laughs> oh shit! I really want that. I want. Oh, I want. God. I want in another world with my himbo. You know what? There's a premise there. You ask God about. Honestly, you ask God. You could probably make that a thing. Just ask God. He could probably. In another, make that. I want in another world with my himbo, where he doesn't ever actually like get with any of the girls or anything. He just saves the world by just being a dumbass with a heart of gold. Mm. I'd watch that. So, playing the role of Restarte is one Jamie Markey. And playing the role of Saya is Anthony Bowling. Jamie Markey has played such characters as Nigalatho from World End, Barbara from Grimgar, Ashes, and Illusions, Trainee from That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime, and Rias Gremory from the High School DXD series. Anthony Bowling has played such characters as Orito from Is This a Zombie? Aoi? 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 Owie, 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 Torisaki from Absolute Duo, Veneer from Isekai Quartet, and Subaru Ichinose from Space Battleship Tiramisu. Jet, would you like to start us off? Okay, um, okay, so while I will, so while I'm really mainly just here for Risarte because a lot of her fierce reactions kind of make this show, and I'm also not going to lie, she's kind of hot. Uh, <laughs> you know what? You know what? Fair. <laughs> uh, I kind of need to talk about her and say it together because it kind of basically sums up a lot of my problems with the dub script. Uh, I mean, again, while it's really while it's really worth for me personally, I generally don't get like too too bothered about Funimation dubs and to punch up dialogue for their anime comedies. And I feel as as far as like Restarte goes, that would largely work for that character because. Uh, she's largely kind of supposed to be a straight man to want to say his antics whenever he, she's not busy being another one of his punching bags. And she has the kind of personality where it would actually make sense for her to be throwing around a lot of casual swag every now and then. And, like, even the Japanese track has, like, some of the gods and goddesses, like, making references to stuff like hip-hop every now and then, so it definitely is there a little bit. Oh, yeah, no, he he does... I know Circeus talks about, like, hip-hop or something like that, too. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, the problem is that same level of sass is given to Seiya, who, again, largely speaks in dude bro for the dub, and it kind of ruins the dynamic in a lot of ways. Uh, firstly, again, firstly, I wouldn't say, like, the comedy between these two characters, like, always clicks. Uh, in a Japanese track, it kind of worked a little for me, because Seiya is, like, 100% serious about literally everything at all times. And having Rissarte either, like, overreact to those antics or get weirdly horny over them is kind of, like, the primary joke. Uh, but since he is, you know, a lot snarker in the dub, it kind of makes Restarte's reactions feel a little weaker. And while that would cur- and while that could work for, from a comedy standpoint, if Seiya's lines were funny enough, again, it mostly just sounds like him being a very irritating dude, bro. And that's not really my kind of thing, so I definitely didn't feel the chemistry and the performances as much as I did with the Japanese track. And uh, even putting that whole angle aside, though, it just doesn't really seem to fit with what Seiya's personality is supposed to be. Uh, again, while he definitely is a jerk and kind of brew to everyone he meets, and in Japanese track, I did at least get the idea that he, on some level he kind of wants to do the right thing. Like, he definitely has zero social skills. And, you know, and you get the impression that maybe hanging out with Restart to any other party members might make him lose it up a bit, since, you know, he's, again, very straight-laced and overly serious about literally everything. Uh, but again, since the dub has him generally talking like a gamer dude, bro, which is... 
I also found it weird to begin with because the first episode kind of gave the impression that Seiya maybe doesn't play video games that much. Uh, uh, he definitely feels like a lot more of a jerk in the dub, even when it's kind of clear he's not supposed to be. Uh, like, a pretty good example of this would kind of be in episode 7, where uh, uh, where after he uh, talks to uh, Rosalie and, you know, he does the whole slamming her in the face thing, which again is really weird. Uh, like, afterwards, where he, like, afterwards when he heads back to the Resigned Realm and he, like, talks to Rosarte a bit, uh, he kind of comments on, uh, Rosale's lack of leadership. And in the Japanese track, he actually does seem, like, generally bothered that her reckless behavior got a whole bunch of people to get killed for no reason. Uh, but in the dub, he does comment on that slightly, but he makes it sound like his problem, problem with her is more that he just thinks he's really stupid. And, uh, that is a pretty big difference, and... Well, I generally hate. Well, I generally hate accusing any dub script of doing this, and honestly, makes Saya feel like a completely different character between language tracks. And even though I'm not really too big on either version of the character, it does feel like the dub was maybe a little bit too overwritten on that end for its own good. Uh, yeah. Uh, for for what it's worth, though, I do think as far as like the actual vocal performances were concerned, Jamie and Anthony definitely did a very solid job. Uh, Jamie was definitely having a lot of fun with Rosarde's crazy reactions and snarky comments, and on its own, it's definitely a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, likewise, while I thought Anthony's voice maybe sounded a little too gruff in the beginning, it made sense once I saw what they were going for with saying the dub. And I do think he did a really good job of playing up a snark. But again, I can't really divorce these performances from my problems with how it was kind of written in the dub, and it kind of soured the whole experience for me. And, uh, yeah, that was a lot of talking, but I'm done. Sorry. Okay. No, 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 no. That's good. That's good. You're good. Don't worry. Uh, I, 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 I know that was just like a bit of a long rant, but yeah. It's cool. <laughs> Jet, buddy. Pal. Do you know where you are right now? With friends. You're on an episode of the Dub Talk podcast with friends who ramble and rave for minutes at a time. This is is status fucking quo and the fact that you opened up and talked as long as you did means you are one of us fucker one of us one of us one of us roots the floor is yours all right so i i guess i'll start with jamie markey as restarte um she has really good comedic timing and chops um she interacts with every other character in the show really well and with the right amount of gusto just with just about everybody. Um, when she needs to panic, she panics. When she needs to be angry, she's angry. Um, I think the line changes from the uh, from the localization benefit Restarte the mm. most of any other character in the show. Um, just because it feels a little more natural for, you know, sort of more, I guess, English-sounding slang to come from her than anyone else. Um, so I'm not quite as bugged about it with as compared to anybody else in the show, but... Um, she hits the notes she needs to, um... She is absolutely hilarious when she's And she thirsty. gets quite thirsty. And boy howdy, goddess mm. needs a glass of water. I didn't know I was in this anime. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, 
Um, also, but that now means I have to talk about Seiya. Because he's in the same category. Um, Seiya in the dub is an asshole. Um, I'm not sure this was 100% the intention of the, uh, of the show to portray him as such. I think Anthony Bowling does... <coughs> excuse me. I think Anthony Bowling does the best with what he gets. Um, but I think... I think the character is more meant to be played as sort of a meaner-spirited aloof, personally. I honestly get the feeling that um, a lot of his dude-bro mannerisms kind of... Like Jet said, they, they hurt a lot of the deliveries. And um, the show... I haven't seen much of it sub because it's, it's really not very much my cup of tea, as it turns out. Despite the uh, first episode showing so much promise that it in fact was. Um, it feels like the dub punches down a lot more. In terms of say it to everyone else. And it, it kind of annoys me a little bit, but... As far as the performance itself of Anthony Bowling as uh, Seiya Ryuguin, um, it is perfectly fine and adequate. Um, I just feel like he may need a little bit more of a of a delicate touch when it comes time to come back if and revise do. these lines for home video. Okay. If they do. Yeah, I, I'll get to say it in a bit, because so, I want to do the positive. You know what? I'll do say it first, because I'd rather end off my thoughts on the acting more positive. I think Anthony Bowling does a fine job uh, as Saya. I think his vocal performance works a lot. Um, this is a range that reminds me of a, a character on another show uh, that is a character I like, like, ten times more than Saya. Uh, and everyone who knows me knows what character this is. And Andrew is... Andrew especially knows what character this is because I forced him to watch clips of this all the time. Is it the fucking vampire guy? Absolutely. Um, That's what I thought. Okay. His that is one of my all-time favorite performances of Anthony Bowling. Uh, surprise, surprise. Um, but I I I want to triple down on the sentiment that the writing is what kills this kills this character for me. Like, I watched the first episode of the Japanese, and I, again, like Roots, this is not a show that I want to go back and watch through in the Japanese, because I don't enjoy the show. I, I don't like this show very much. I think it is very overhyped. Uh, but that's my own personal opinion. Um, the dub makes him an asshole. The dub makes him an unlikable douchebag. Like, I get that he, he does things because he is overly cautious, and I know why he does certain things. I read the spoilers. This is again a series I do not plan on 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 continuing. But Anthony is doing the best with what he's given to work with. I do wish that the show made him more of a like aloof with the occasional like mean-spirited thing, but it feels like Saya is always being a douchebag. Like, to the point where I think at one point he goes into a, a thing of dwarves and goes, Give me what you got, Bilbro Baggins. And I just don't... I, I have also... Uh, oh, yeah, I like... I forgot about that. I also don't really like when dubs use bro overly. 
And this show, like, it's aggressively used. It's aggressively bro. Yeah. But that being said, Jamie Markey is great as Restarte. It's a, it's a character that I think she was born... Like, it, this is, like, Jamie's kind of bread and butter character. She knows how to get the timing down. She has a ton of fun doing it. You can tell she's having a ton of fun. She she does a great a great job with her, like, wistful daydreamings about how she wants Say to take her to Bone Town. Um... I was about to say Flavor Town. I thought you were about to say Suplex. I thought you were about to say Suplex City. Which, this isn't this Komodo show, Michi. This this is not that show. Yes, you're right. I was gonna say Flavor Town for some stupid fucking reason, but like, oh god, like one of my all time favorite ones is um, Saya, you can't go off getting yourself thrown out because you're gonna get like. I think she's like talking about how like Saya can't go and get himself uh, thrown out for having sex unless it was sex with her. <laughs> Which is like, I I this is something I do actually appreciate. I love the fact that Restarte is unabashedly horny. Yeah. Um, you don't get a lot of female heroic characters that are unabashedly horny, unabashedly horny, without them being like a psychopath. Like, hi, Kakigurui. Um, like, I appreciate that Restarte would one hundred percent be the girl. Who would buy a picture of Hooters Gallo that says, do you want the breast or the thighs? <laughs> that is some great art, by the way. <laughs> that is something that I own, everybody. Like, Restarte is the girl. Like, I, I love that she is unabashedly horny. Um, and I think that she is unabashedly horny, but still has a good heart. Like, and I think Jamie really does capture that. Uh, she's funny when she needs to, but like, Restarte to me is what's good about the show as opposed to Saya, where, like, she gets a lot of funny quips, but they don't come at the expense of her entire character, like, feeling like it's being forced into something it's not. And I think Jamie works that fine line very well. So with that being said, I'm I'm good and Andrew can go. All right. So I will say that, honestly, even with some of the dub changes, I think Saya in general is... A, an asshole he's he may be quiet but he's very much just very rude and neurotic and weird i i think it like i said i i do kind of think even like go, without going into the uh, the discussion about like character changes in the dub we've had that discussion before i think as jed had put partially the dynamic does change when it comes to introducing mac mash and ululu and because it just feels like very much the the about the power dynamic of the comedy feels unbalanced even though i do get very entertained by him calling him mashed potato mm -hmm. i don't know it's just something about calling him mashed potato because because and then he turns around and starts calling him tater tot you know what yeah i like that that's not even like that me that's just like a little quip yeah like, that's just a quip. But then it's just like, oh, you're baggage. It's like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. like, and that's an issue for just the show in general. But that being said, I think Anthony Bowling actually is pretty damn funny at some of his stoic, harsh delivery of lines. And actually has made me, like, laugh a couple of times from some of his quips. Because he's got very good direction. Some of the material he gets is pretty funny. Some of the material is not so great. It's kind of a 50-50 mixed bag. But 
I do genuinely think Anthony Bowling does a great job doing some of the funny stuff with Seiya, but I think Seiya is a little bit too... A little bit too harsh for me at times, and I will admit I'm not as into some of the bro stuff of his of his dialogue. However, Jamie as Restarte, Jamie as Resta, she's fucking hilarious. It really has been a while since I've heard Jamie do this kind of character. You could tell she's so fucking good at playing this snarky, horny, uh crazy unabashedly batshit goddess lady and she's really funny she's got some great lines too and i also love like there's this line where she's i actually really like that sequence where she grows wings to try and keep up with Seiya, and it just they keep getting bigger and bigger by the end they're just molted like chicken wings i'm like okay that's pretty funny and i love how she says i'll get you and your little abs too i'm like okay uh when she's looking in the mirror and she's like, my, my, who's that sexy little vixen? It's like, yeah, I can, I can see Restart Day doing that. And another one I'll say, say, I'll make you a billion snacks if you keep looking like one. Okay, man. Okay, man. Okay, okay man. that is such okay, a great that, that line. That's a really good line. Yes, I really like that. There's <laughs> like, here's the thing. Not everything in the show, not everything in the dub lands. Some of them miss pretty badly. But I want to give props and praise to the ones that do, in fact, land. Because there's some genuine, like, gut busters in there, too. But, yeah. I th- and they're almost all from Restarte. Shit, you're right! Yeah, you're right. A lot of it is Restarte. Restarte, Resta is just genuinely very funny and charming. And she she balances well off of the other characters. Like, she can be harsh and rude, but she can also she also knows when to tone it down. She also does a very good job being mom to Mash and Ululu. Just being like, come along, sweetie, don't don't look there. Just let's let's go. Bye. But yeah, no. Resta is funny. Jamie has fantastic delivery and gets some some of the show's best material it's just genuinely a bummer that like the premise of a cautious hero who's kind of a paranoid weirdo is pretty good and say it gets to be funny sometimes and i genuinely think he's pretty entertaining at times but yeah the show does not balance the power dynamic comedy well and it sometimes goes a little too much even yeah, with some uh, of the, is it, yeah i feel like yeah i feel like looking back had it just been had it maybe just been these two it might have worked better but i don't know i think you're right like when you throw multiple other people who aren't quite like i said it's the Kota Suba thing where it's like there's balance like here's the thing Risa is an all-powerful undying goddess she can take a few hits the fucking adorable mashed potato kid and the candy magical girl dragon kids like they didn't do anything wrong all they all they are is they want to help yeah but yeah no I, even then uh anthony bowling does a good job with Seiya. i just wish Seiya was less of an asshole like, I'll say this. Some of that is on the dub. Some of that is just the nature of the show itself. But Jamie as Restarte, Jamie as Resta, oh, she's so goddamn funny and is delightful to listen to her pull her comedic chops and show her what she's got again. And with that, I think we can move on to final thoughts. Jet. Okay, um, so Conscious Hero was a show that I was initially very enthusiastic 
enthusiastic about when I watched the first episode. And uh, while uh, it's kind of gone uh, gradually downhill since there, it it has its moments every now and then. Sorry, uh, it definitely isn't a sort of guy put on the list of like really great easy guy comedies, but it's like, uh, but uh, but it's decent whenever characters aren't you know always being punching bags to say, which is like a very annoying thing that happens frequently. Uh, unfortunately, you're like unfortunately, I uh, can't. So yeah, particularly big on the dub. I do think the performances are all pretty strong, and the direction solid. But uh, the scripting, especially in regards to say in particular, just kind of really spoils the whole experience for me, and it's honestly a lot less funny to me. So, as I um, so per so while I don't know if I would honestly recommend this show, period, because again, it has kind of gradually gone downhill. If I were to recommend it, I would say in this instance, you might actually be better off with the soundtrack. But, yeah. Alrighty, Roots. Yeah, so I'm going to preface this that this probably isn't a show I can recommend, like, at all. Like, either version. Um, it is very mean-spirited as compared to stuff like Konosuba or... Oh, let's see here. What's another isekai comedy I could draw from? Slime Time! <laughs> Oh, so, oh, God, slime time. Which, that is like, which comparing it to slime is... Perfect... Oh, sorry, where are you going? Yeah, like, um, that time I got reincarnated as a slime is like the ideal of isekai comedy that breaks down tropes and, you know, and pokes fun at itself while also not being particularly mean toward its characters. Even Gopta. Even Gopta. Gopta's a good boy. Or, like, even the ones that do deserve it sometimes. Gabiru's a fucking idiot, but I love him anyways. And he gets mm -hmm. dunked up. Who's also a dragon kid boy. But, but yeah, the, um... The dub is okay. Um... Performances are solid. Direction is solid. Script writing could definitely use some work. Um, but it's just not a show that I am into in the slightest. And I'm even debating whether or not I'm going to turn around and finish the last four episodes of the show. Hmm. Um, so, it's very interesting when we get to sit here and talk about dubs that don't quite land for us. Um, I actually think they're some of the more interesting episodes of Dub Talk to record. So, um, yeah, it's, it's an okay dub for a show that's just... Not working for you. Not really working, no. Alrighty. Megan. Yeah, I'm gonna echo the same sentiment that, like, I don't like the show very much. I think that this was a show that I I thought would be a lot more better, and I just didn't end up liking the show. I was just kind of bored by a lot of it, or just be like, okay, this is just really mean-spirited. Um, and I say this as somebody who likes a lot of, like, darker and edgy stuff. Um, I think the dub is, like, just okay. I think the writing is what kind of holds it back. Um... I really do wish that it was maybe not, like, super faithful, but, like, a little bit more faithful than it is. Um, a little think, more restrained, basically. Just, yeah, just a little bit more restraint, guys. Like, 
Yeah. Like, yeah, like, this isn't a wacky, like, there are, like, some actual, like, legitimately dramatic things in this show. Like, hello, there's a part where, like, literally you see someone's head get cut off. And the monster go, and the demon goes, uh, are, aren't the fountain, the red fountains that the humans make, like, so great? And, like, the reverse fireworks scene, where they just drop a bunch of bodies and you see their mangled corpses, like, I was yeah. like, oh yeah, that's... This is the thing that, like, this is a little bit darker than, like, there's some dark moments in the show, and, like, I'm not saying, like, it needs to be an uptight, no fun allowed, but, like, there's a limit to this. Like, this isn't... This isn't panty and stocking, where you have to go, like, the whole nine yards with the kitchen sink and stuff. Like, this is not the, the time and a place. Um, I don't think this, like, like I said, I was a little bit more impressed by some of Jeremy's other work this year as a director. Um, if you're somebody who really enjoys the dub, like, all the power to you. I do, like I said, I think the vocal work on this is really good. It's just the writing just didn't do anything for me. Alrighty, so I will say that I think this is a pretty decent show. I will admit, as it went on, it lose, lost a little bit of its luster, but I think it's still pretty entertaining. I, I still enjoyed my time with it for for the most part. There's there's a couple of things that don't land or aren't quite as balanced as I like them to be. I'll say I. I think the dub isn't perfect, but I could still give it a decent recommendation if you like, like, good comedies in English. With a couple of little caveats that sometimes it goes a little bit too much and it's a bit mean-spirited. I genuinely think a couple of the performances are pretty decent and there's a couple of them that are genuinely hilarious. I think Jamie as Rista is genuinely hilarious and she gets some of the best material in this show the script is a mixed bag but i genuinely do think that there's some funny stuff in there i just do kind of wish that there were some times they toned it back a little bit i would definitely say if you want something a little bit more comedic for an isekai but maybe a little less mean like, I definitely say Konosuba is a little less mean, but that's still kind of a mean-spirited show. I highly recommend you to the dub of that time I got reincarnated as a slime, which is a very similar beast. But I do think the dub of that, both, like, the script and the voice work on that are genuinely, like, really good stuff now that I look back on it. And I had a lot of fun with it in general. I think... I think Cautious Hero is a mixed bag of a series. Oh, but God, I was think that the last episode we all recorded together? Shit, it might have been. Holy fuck. Jeez. Mm. But yeah, I. it's fascinating that Slime Time was sort of that. But no, I genuinely think I like good... Here's the thing. This is a good track, and I'm not going to say don't watch this, because here's the thing. I really like the goofy comedy isekai oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, that... no, like, I'm not going to say this is, like, a bad show, like, you're you're better off skipping. Like, there are 10,000 times worse that you could be watching I Am Out. There's so much worse. Like, there's so much worse you could be watching, but, like... Either more boring or more edgy. I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm, like, I guess I'm just a little salty that, like, a lot of people are talking about this, but they're overlooking another show this season that I think is just, like, ten times fucking better. Mm. Uh, to so. be fair, to be fair, Megan, every anime how, season. 
that's just literally what happens to everything I like. <laughs> that's what happens for every anime series. All the good stuff is becomes the niche hits, and all the stuff you're like, oh, that's okay, or oh, that sucks. I'm it's just like, saying you all fuckers need to watch Stars Align. I am watching Stars Align. I'm it's not saying, great. I know everybody in this group is, or at least will be, but I'm saying- I'm not yet. I'm waiting for it to end, because it feels like it's going to be a gut punch. Anyways, hello people who have come to this comedy anime. Go watch the hard drama, but it's really good. Please watch it. <laughs> Please watch that show. Please watch or Stars as of as of, like, uh, two days from- uh, three days from now, uh, go watch Oh Maidens in your Savage Season. The dub's going to be out by the time this is up. Oh, fuck, that is coming out. It Shit. comes out fucking Friday, man! Oh, fuck. <laughs> what am I doing talking about this? We need to... Okay, anyways. Mm. So, I would still <coughs> say... Cautious Hero is a mixed bag, but I think it's worth your time, and it's genuinely funny. I think the people who did do work on this... there, There's good stuff in there. It's just... It's not as evenly balanced as I'd like it to be. But still, if... You would like to watch Cautious Hero, you can do so on Funimation Now. Both the sub and dub are available to watch on Funimation Now, where if you would like to sign up, you can sign up for a 14-day free trial. But do remember to cancel your subscription after the fact if you do not wish to continue your trial. As for us, we are the Dub Talk Podcast. You can find us over on YouTube at Dub Talk Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter more, more often than not. We also do have a uh, a fuck. What what are the other things we have? Patreon. We yes, I was gonna say like other social medias, also but the, Twitch. Twitch. We do have a Twitch. That was the other one. But we do have a Kofi. Where if you'd like to give us a little bit of a tip and give us a good coffee, you can give us a Kofi or. You can go to our Patreon and support us long-term, like these beautiful people. Crimson Echidna, Michelle Travis, Nico Robin Wet with Yowie Hands, Carly Lestikow, Jacob Wilson, J2, a.k.a. Jared, Marco Bermudez, Marissa Lenti, and Weeby. You beautiful people who have supported us through and through, thick and thin, thank you so very much. We also have an RSS feed where... If you would like to download audio versions of these episodes, you can do so over on our RSS feed at Podbean, where you can download and take us on to go in case you want to have a very long car ride and hear us make jokes about fucking Hess trucks going inside of somebody's butt. You can take us in a car ride with you. I'm done. One more for the road. Okay. And with that, before we go, please uh, tell us about yourself, you beautiful people. Jet. Uh, I'm Jet, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Divine Nega, where I'll usually just be talking about anime, cartoons, or, like, whatever. Uh, you can also occasionally find me on my blog, Animation Infinity, where I will sometimes write things. I'm currently doing a countdown of my top 25 anime of the decade, uh, so hopefully I can see how it's going to do with that. We in uh, top 10 yet? Uh, uh, just started my top 10, we're like 10 days away from Christmas now. Oh boy, I gotta catch up. Yeah, and uh, and uh, aside from that, you can also catch me on podcast O and A with uh, Andrew here, and where we usually uh, shoot the breeze and talk about anime news and stuff. Mm-hmm. Roots. Yep, you can find me on the twitter.com at Roots of Justice. Um, mainly retweet cute animal pics. Um, talk a wide variety of topics when I'm actually on it to use it, but 
you know, drop by. Have a good time. Um, I have a blog, Roots of Justice Anime Time Show. Uh, you know what, I'm just gonna have him put it in the description, because it's a long... It's a fun name, but a long name. Um, I hope to have stuff to put in there soon, because it's been sitting there collecting dust for many years, and I actually want to start writing again. Mm -hmm. And I am writing reviews, I just don't know where I'm putting them yet. Alrighty. Megan! Hi, I'm Megan. My Twitter is Quinier2. I shitpost. Uh, I also date Roots of Justice. He's the best boy and he's cute and adorable and I love Hi. him very much. Um, when I'm not making jokes about Andrew taking a hash truck up the butt, um, I'm usually posting pictures of my cat and playing Pokemon or Fire Emblem. Also, stand the blue lions. Hell yeah. In case you want to know where her allegiance lie. Um, I... My name is Andrew. You Take can find me, me on into your feral arms, Dimitri. Also, do not eat the weeds. <laughs> do not eat the weeds. I Please will eat the not. weeds. Please do not eat the weeds. My name is Andrew, aka Classy Spartan. You can find me on Twitter at MangaMan9000, and fuck you, I will eat the weeds if I want to. <laughs> That's not my plug, but as far as what else I do, I am also on podcast ona alongside uh buddy jet here i am also a community manager and moderator for the Funimation forums and discord and i'm also now a person who works i've spent the entire year or so working on episodes kind of being a free agent and kind of looking for jobs having a lot of availability time i now work and make money and can support myself again it's a weird feeling i almost went a year unemployed it's weird i'm doing first episode as a working man with my Grimgar pals. I love you guys. Hey. This was an interesting episode. We had a lot of interesting opinions going on, but also you made me crack and lose my shit over <laughs> some stupid shit. I love doing this with you. I can't wait to do that fate. I can't hey. wait to do that fate shit with you later. Hey, Andrew. Yes, Megan. Since you admitted to eating weeds, is your new favorite sexual position the lawnmower? <laughs> Spit out my drink! <laughs> Fuck! So, are you a push lawnmower or a ride on? I'm glad this is a carpet! Oh my god! I actually spit that out! Fuck! Fuck you! I was. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's only. It's only six more months till fate. This is the ride that never ends. It, it goes, goes on, on and on, on, my friends. My friends. Oh, I, <coughs> I missed you, fucks. Good night, everybody. Otaku on, my friends. And remember, if you cross the street, please make sure there's no truck coons coming your way. Good night. Womp womp. Um, did you know that a common flavoring agent for vanilla and raspberry comes from the anal gland of the American beaver? Yummy. So what you're saying is... Every American who says that they'll never eat ass is a goddamn liar. <laughs>
Ah, uh, it's going to be one of those episodes.